Welcome to Cop Monologuing. I'm Errol Koenig. I'm Allie Rosen. Well, thank you, Allie, for joining me. Today we are doing uh, a special additional episode uh, where we talk all about one of my favorite TV shows, Stranger Things. Stranger Things. I wouldn't even call this a TV show. It's it's an it's, experience, it's, really. Yeah, like, it, it just drops all at once, and, I mean, I watched the whole thing in one sitting. Well, I watched Stranger Things 2 all in one sitting. One I did over mm-hmm. the course of a few days. Okay, well, uh, so, what I find kind of interesting is Stranger Things, although it is ridiculously popular, I didn't really have anyone to talk about it with. I don't know why, that- but, like, you were one of my few friends that, you know, had as much love for this material as I did. That I That's could talk so... To. That's so weird. Like I, everyone at my school has seen it and everyone at my school talks about it. And like, I'm, I'm not allowed to talk about it currently because there's too many people that I'm friends with that oh. have never seen it. Yep. That, well, I haven't seen it yet or haven't seen season two yet. Mm-hmm. And so like, we're still in spoiler territory where I like can't say plot points from season two. So it's good to finally That's, have a place to yeah. be able to talk about it. Yeah. No, cause my, I, uh, you know, the, uh, Ryan, the person I normally do this podcast with, uh he uh doesn't like scary things neither do i but like he he just avoids it like the plague he just stays as far away of anything uh, stays as far as away from anything that could be scary and stranger things definitely hits that nerve for him okay i mean my roommates literally won't will not will leave the room when a trailer for a horror movie comes on in our household um yeah but like they they still watched it i it's it's a it's not for i i like essential things kind of is for everyone the way it, the way it's done yeah and the thing is i totally get where you and your roommate uh are coming from because i'm also the type of person that leaves you know leaves the room when he uh sees a horror movie trailer or you know take this as an example and i, I talked about it on the last podcast but when i was in middle school middle school way past when this should have happened i saw a trailer for a horror movie and i couldn't sleep for a month after in middle school and on top of that i couldn't go to sleep unless my mom came into the room and sat there until i fell asleep like for an entire month it was it was pretty bad um well one of the surprises that most people don't know is i have this whole horror movie thing has only been around for Four years as of now. It's uh, it started, I believe, my um, my junior year of high school. I want to say, mm-hmm. and um, so my junior year of high school, this all started, and uh, that was when like I just got into everything. But before yeah, that, literally, should... literally mm-hmm. half a mm-hmm. half a year before that, uh, I exact same thing. I was seeing Dread, and I left the theater because the trailer for Mama came on. Wow! And they made and, fun and... of me. Yeah, I mean, you are, uh, I guess, the biggest horror nerd that I know. Oh, uh, boy, yeah. So it, I'm excited to have you on, especially to talk about all of the different horror references and the stuff that I won't get because I don't really watch that, that much of it. But I'm sure you got all of those little Easter eggs and references and all that all that good stuff, uh, you know, from Stranger Things. There And there is a lot. I mean, uh, well... Well, you lead you lead the show because I can I can throw my input into a lot of this. Okay, well, sure. So I guess um, because I, I think doing it chronologically, we will be here for eight hours or nine hours. 
because uh, we'd want to go into detail of like everything that happened. So I think let's probably just jump in uh, to a couple like big uh, themes of the show or you know certain talking points. So I think let's start it off with uh, the characters and the acting and the cast and all that stuff. Oh, that's uh, yeah. What, what are some of your highlights uh, with that? Well, I mean that's that's just one of the best parts about the show. I think the the kid actors take it, it. It's a very different stance from what most scary or like genre stuff is. Mm-hmm. People don't tend to use kid actors in at this level of in movies, and yeah. they got so they they did such a good job casting and finding the right people for these characters. And it's what keeps you, when when Stranger Things first came out and it ended. Yeah. I immediately thought, I'm like, what if this is an anthology? We can get something new next year. And then I realized. I just wanted to stay in the same world. Yeah. I mean, they kind of struck gold with, you know, their cast. And I think it would have been, you know, not the best idea to move on. I thought after the first season, I mean, I'm sure other people thought it might have been like an anthology. And I could definitely see where that's coming from. But I just wanted to stay in this world. I wanted to, you know, I fell in love with these characters, with these actors. They were just so great, Um, you know, at the end of season one and Oh, for the record, we're going full-blown spoilers all the way through this. So yep. uh, if you haven't seen season two uh, or season one, um, watch them right now. They're really good. Uh, so do that yeah. and then come back and listen to this. Um, but we're going full spoilers. So back to my point. But at the end of season one, uh, they finally find Will and everything's back to normal. Uh, but then Will then you know throws up a slug creature Which, or whatever. Was that, did we ever determine whether that ended up being, um, what was, what was, um, dart. Dustin's dart? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I think, well, I, I am one of the people that watched the stranger things beyond, which was the after I've, show. I've the, watched all of stranger things watched, beyond as well. Nice. Uh, and they talked about it, uh, a little bit on that. Cause they, I guess the entire cast wasn't sure. It could have been Dart. It could have been, uh, you know, just one of like those vines that you know they came across yeah. in the upside down and in the caves and all that. Uh, so it's really up to debate and interpretation. But frankly, it doesn't matter. It was just really there more as a sign to say that the upside down isn't gone. This is still something you got to watch out for. And uh, there. Well, there really wasn't much of the upside down this year. I don't even really think there was any of it except for like maybe the tease at the very end of the season. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of the upside down this season, uh, was in Will's, I guess, visions. Yeah. Uh, or I guess they're not even visions. Um, as we've, as we learned halfway through the season when he finally was caught by the mind flare. Um, but it was through that. And, uh, I guess the small, tiny things at the lab that was going on. But it really took more place in, like, that the middle ground in the tunnels. Um, but, yeah, not much upside down, uh, which I guess is fine because I don't think it needed to yeah, I mean, they did such a... do more. But, yeah. They did such a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, I mean, I have a few criticisms at least with this season sure um i mean i think the big the big glaring one that most people talk about is episode seven that was yeah i i really disliked that that was such a uh that that was like one of the few things that people who haven't seen the season yet and they're like 
And like, I can tell you one thing is that episode seven is super disappointing and you gotta get, you just have to get through it. Don't lose, don't lose faith that faith there. It's just really yeah. bad. Well, I, I disagree with the fact that it's really bad. I just think it doesn't fit. Yeah. And I think it, that's, you know, it, I think it, that's why it's bad. But also like I, there's small, there's so little, cause they focus only on 11 in that entire sequence. Mm-hmm. They, um, that's the only character they pay attention to. So the only plot that's progressing the entire time is that plot. And on top of that, she learns, I guess, a little bit about her powers and her power. She's stronger than she thinks. Yeah. But they accomplish that in a complete, like they could have accomplished that through one scene woven into an entirely other episode. I, you're right. Um, that being said, um, I don't necessarily know when that could have happened because the logical choice is to weave it into episode six, the one that came before it that had absolutely none of 11. Um, but at the same point, I thought that was the best episode of the season. Um, uh, six or seven, six. Yeah. Uh, six and, is, and I think adding that, that stuff, you know, from 11, you know, kind of jamming it into six doesn't necessarily make sense uh it's you know i don't think the idea of breaking it off into a separate episode is the worst idea in the world and also you have to give props to millie bobby brown who just her acting in that in that episode alone almost made it worth it yeah uh because she was great that being said i do get where you're coming from it was a little bit unnecessary um you know yeah I think that was a lot of, I guess, her arc this season with her trying to find out her backstory, her, you know, her mama, her, you know, her family. And then, you know, just that was a bigger deal, uh, I think, to the character than it was to any of the viewers. We just wanted to figure out what was yeah. going on, not just figure out what's going on, um, you know, in, 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 in their town, but, uh, you know, I think all that stuff was with Eleven was a little bit off. That being said, the stuff that she had with Hopper in all of the oh, other that episodes was so good, so well done. That, uh, you like know, they I, they developed such an interesting and impressive relationship between the two of them in just yeah. the few scenes that, like the few parts we see them together. Mm-hmm. You know, they're 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 really good. I think the acting um, for those two. Uh, are the strongest. They're not necessarily my favorite characters. I mean, I do love both of the characters, but the acting with the scenes of them together, uh, you know, was really powerful. Like the scene uh, where Hopper was, you know, reaching on the radio out to Eleven, you know, apologizing. Yeah, that wasn't there. Um, that was heartbreaking. I, it was tough. That was. I, I'm not saying I was crying during that scene, but, you know, also, uh, not saying her, I wasn't. Finally, her and her and Mike Wheeler's reunion was t- was super touching. Yeah, that was good. I was very, very happy when that happened. Um, the, uh, the other part that I was so, it's not, I guess in the end it was okay and I like what they did with it, but yeah. I guess a little disappointment was the Mind Flayer. Mm-hmm. I was so excited for the Stranger Things kids to have to tackle a giant. 
like yeah. to have to like tack like the uh, I mean the the demogorgon's human size, but like just when you first see the mind flayer, you're like, how are they gonna face that? And then they just they the size, which I I have a I'm a sucker for giant monsters monsters mm-hmm. in movies like monster movies are one thing like small things but like i love godzilla and every time they get bigger i get happier but okay. then like i think it was except episode three was when they finally when they um brought like the possession scene occurred mm-hmm. yeah uh i mean i think i get where you're coming from but also you have to think they're going to they're going to do that eventually. They didn't get rid of the mind flayer. They just closed the door, just waiting for another one to be opened at some point. So I think they will have that confrontation with the mind flayer, uh, probably in a season or two. And I think that probably was a smart move because we don't want to have it just be like each season is like a new bad guy. That kind of lessens, you know, the structure of the show. And while all the characters are progressing the you know whole story arc and the mystery should also be progressing with it if it was just another you know demogorgon or two demogorgons this time or just the mind flayer and they had some other monster to deal with next time i don't think it would have been as effective so i think they're just kind of tabling that mind flayer battle for now um but yeah yeah well, um, you see it. You see, like the the varying sizes when you get that elevator scene at the at the very end. Which, oh boy, that was that was something. Yeah, it was. It, well, that was really cool. But I do have one thing to say about the mind flare that I haven't been able to tell anyone yet because no one's seen the show. But <laughs> it's really just the one thing that stood out over anything else for me. Have you ever seen? Well, uh, you, you've seen Arrival, right? Yeah. Have you seen Twitches? No, what's that? Uh, the Tween Witches starring Tia and Tamara Maori, Disney <laughs> Channel have, original. I have not. Ugh, then you won't appreciate this. But for all the listeners out there who have seen both of those things. And Stranger Things 2. And Stranger Things 2, of course. Well, they're not listening to this if they haven't seen Stranger Things 2. Or they're a bad person, one or the other. <laughs> um, but... The Mind Flayer is really just a mix of the aliens from Arrival and the darkness from Twitches. And really that's all I could think of like for the entire <laughs> for the entire show. That this like Disney Channel original, you know, evil character is just transported into the upside down and that that's it's like the same bad guy. And it's not exactly the same, but for me, it just made me um, happy when I can make that connection. Well, once the mind flare got into Will's body, which when, mm-hmm. like, I I wasn't expecting it because there's a very specific way I thought it was going to go. But once it gets into Will's body, a lot of the the play between, like, beyond that was, I was like, oh, here we go. Here comes a possession story. But everything they do after that is so out of the box in terms of, like, basic possession stuff, like, the whole spy mm-hmm. dynamic is incredible, and I mean, the your your number one episode is episode six. Mine's episode eight. Mm-hmm. I just specifically for the scene in the shed. That seems like when when they're just explaining when they're just saying like memories to Will to try to bring him back. Yeah, that was that, like that was great. That was a really good. I, I thought, um, you know, probably the most underutilized 
you know, character in season one, obviously, is Will. And in this season, uh, Noah Schnapp killed it. Like, yeah. I don't know how you make yourself possessed, um, but he did it really well and really convincingly. So props to him. He, He did a great job this year. Yeah, and it's hard because he wasn't really in the show the first time. Mm-hmm. And him having to come in and, like, they must have done something in the first season to, like, make sure that him and the rest of the cast would have a uh, have strong chemistry. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, I think he was probably still there. He probably still had a presence. And also during all of the media and stuff afterwards you know he was one of the kids of you know stranger things and he was probably going around with you know the other four guys uh or four guys and girl uh now two girls promotion now two girls um and we'll we'll get into that actually now what what do you think of the uh addition of max of mad max uh i mean I'm very picky with the really little small things. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I didn't like what her what did what did she call herself as part of the team? Oh, the um, the Zoomer. That that just seemed weird. Like they yeah. could have they could have thought of but, something else. I mean, you're right, but also she's in middle school. Middle schools middle schoolers aren't that creative. I'm sure when I was in middle school, I thought that would have been a great idea. <laughs> uh, so. I mean, I, I give a little bit of, you know, I cut her a little bit of slack for that, but she she was a totally welcome addition. I thought she played very well with everyone. Yeah, and I think, uh, uh, I, I I think you know she did play really well with everyone, and also what she did this season kind of gave, uh, you know, two of the characters that could have not done anything, uh, Dustin, uh, and um. Why am I forgetting? Oh, Lucas. Uh, Lu- Lucas. Yeah, of course. Why am I forgetting Lucas? Lucas is the best. Well, he's not the best. He's his sister Erica is the best. We'll get into that in a second. Um, but no, Dustin and Lucas. He gave both of those characters something, you know, meaningful to do during this season. A good, yeah. meaningful story arc. And on top of that, what uh, she did propelled Dustin to, uh, you know, have this whole story arc with Dart. Um, and I thought. And and a certain someone who now is my favorite Stranger Things character. Oh, did Steve take over? Steve is my favorite. Steve is amazing. Steve is amazing. I, I, Steve has risen to my second favorite. Dustin's still, well, actually third favorite because uh, it's Erica, Dustin, and Steve. Um, but yeah, Steve Dustin so reminds you. you mm-hmm. Dustin reminds me so much of you. I mean, there's a I don't good know why. reason. There's a good reason why he's my favorite. In season one, when they were planning on you know leaving and searching for Will the first time, he brought the snacks. That's something I would do. I would bring the snacks. You have to make sure you, you know you're searching on a full stomach. It's obviously there's just so many small things. He wears hats. I wear hats. It's the comparisons are are there. They're definitely there. Um, so yeah, uh, but yeah, Steve, what? You know, explain why Steve took over as your favorite character. I mean, Steve has had such an incredible redemption arc from the first season. Like mm-hmm. that, that was such a great redemption arc, and I loved it. I loved every second of that. Um, and then this season, he once he once him and um, Nancy split. I was starting to feel a little like 
oh, great. So now we're going to lose him and he's going to disappear. And there's just so much more to him as a character. Mm-hmm. Then I think he's surprisingly a really interesting character that he has all these things that he's a, he's a, he, he changed so much from that experience he had. And now he's a, uh, he's, he's a pretty boy. And one, I mean, the moment, um, uh, what's his, ah, shit. What's the, um, Billy, once Billy comes in, mm, yeah, uh, Max's brother, then, then Steve gets a foil that Steve's like, like, like Billy's a bad guy, mm-hmm. but Steve's also like, Steve was a, a asshole and now he's significantly less and there, he has like vulnerability to him, but he's also got the capacity of doing great things. And I love him and, uh, him and, um, uh, Dustin on screen together this entire season were hysterical. Yeah, no, it's, it, it was so good. And I think one of the reasons why episode six is my favorite, uh, is because the two of them together, they get the most, you know, time in episode six. That's really the Dustin and Steve episode. Um, that's when they go, you know, to, or where they, they, they go down to like the buses, uh, you know, and get ready for that confrontation, uh, with Dart and all the other, you know, demodogs. The demodogs. Yeah. Also, a- have you seen Fairly Odd Parents? Of course I have. Yeah. So you know uh, the Doug Dimsdale and the Dimsdale Demodome? Yes. Yeah. The entire time they were talking about the Demodogs, I was thinking, oh, the Demodogs from the Dimsdale Demodome. It's like all. I, f- <laughs> I don't know. I made that connection. That that was, I I enjoyed that. That being said, uh, yeah, that was really cool. Also, the Steve is just in that one scene when the demodogs get there. Steve is a badass. Like he knows how to use a baseball yeah. bat and hit alien dogs or whatever other. But he does upside it down dogs. Whatever. He yeah. does it because he knows he needs to defend these kids. Yeah. And like that's. That's such an interesting trait when you then watch him at the start of season one and realize he'd never do anything like. And then like the whole Nancy leaving him like scenario was so like sad at times because you're like now those two should really be together. Yeah, well, I mean, it's I I, I know a bunch of people were shipping Jonathan and Nancy. I mean, they're both really good. It's it's a love triangle I, you can't decide on. Uh personally, um. Team uh, Stancy or Nancy or whatever you want to call it, uh, just because I don't know. Actually, I don't. I don't know why. I I really like Jonathan. Um, actually, you know what? Jonathan season one I thought was a lot better than Jonathan season two. Uh, this season really? kind of felt a little yeah, because in season one, well, it was, it, uh, I thought his arc with Will was much more stronger than his season two arc with Nancy. I felt like he was much more of a, just a chauffeur and, uh, that arc was, you know, sounding board. Also that whole arc, like Mm -hmm. the justice for Barb one, that was such a, that was a lame arc. I kind of checked out during that part. Uh, I think I agree. It probably wasn't the strongest. That being said, uh, Murray or Brett Gelman's character, I thought was so funny. I just, he added a life to what have probably what would have probably been a pretty boring scene. He just made it so much more, you know, interesting. He made it funny. Uh, you know, it was just. I thought he he made it well played, and 
uh, ma made that arc, you know, somewhat more worthwhile. That being said, I am more of a defender, or I, it seems like I'm kind of defending everything from this show just because I love it so much. But, um, I mean, yeah, it's it's just such a good show. Yeah. Well, speaking of justice for Barb, did you think Barb got justice? I think she got justice. I think she they could have given her literally one like season. What one little scene in this one. I like the dynamic at the start. Mm -hmm. Um because uh I, I like that start part at the start where they um with uh, where they're like acknowledging the fact that their parent her parents haven't accepted um that mm -hmm. she's gone that she's gone. Which would make sense. Yeah. Um like that that entirely makes sense for that that situation. Mm -hmm. But no. I also think mm -hmm. I I mean and also it, it allowed, allowed us for some very cheesy Steve Harrington moments. That game is hysterical. Yeah, no that <laughs> I mean that one scene uh when they're at you know Barb's parents' house and like they know that Barb's gone but the parents don't. It's heartbreaking, but then it just ends with Steve taking a big bite of chicken and saying it's finger licking good, and I I lost it. It was so funny. That that might be one of the funniest lines in the show. He's such a really, cheese ball. It it was good. It was good. I I, I did appreciate that, and I, I thought that was that that was really good. Um, that being said, this season I think there is another character that we need to get some justice for. And that is Yurtle, oh. the turtle, Dustin's turtle. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was displaced from his home so Dark could have a place to live and then forgotten about forever. And his home was broken and destroyed. Now where's Yurtle going to live? Where's Yurtle going to live? We need justice for Yurtle. I I think there's another character. and well, at least Maybe not justice, but that that, that I loved. Yeah. I was... No. was uh, Sam, I don't remember his name. Sam White Gamgee. Oh, Bob. Yeah, Sean Astin. Bob. Uh, I loved Bob. Bob. Bob was great. You know, it's you know, it, he's his he's, character is just so good, so well acted. Um, just as like a nerdy, you know, I would call him more of a cheese ball, just because. Just, he's kind of nice and pleasant, like a you know a ball of cheese, and like no one dislikes a ball of cheese. <laughs> And, you know, just nice and friendly and, nope. you know, has some good cheesy dad jokes and really good at puzzles, which apparently cheese balls can do. I don't know. I, 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 I thought uh, I thought Bob was great. When he's, yeah, he, he provided a really interesting thing, like, not wrench, but this really interesting character he inserted into the Will Jonathan. Um, mm -hmm. and, wow, I'm trying to blank on. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's it's 6:45 on a Friday. I'm tired. Joyce. Yeah, no, yeah, Joyce. Of course, Winona Ryder. And like, I was so happy for Joyce to have found him because he was such a good guy. Mm -hmm. And just uh, you could see in that episode that mm -hmm. he was gonna go, but yeah. it just wait. Was really that also in episode six? Or was that in episode eight? That's episode. I think, seven, I think it was episode, episode eight. Oh no, episode six is when he solved 
the part. No, was that real? I, I've lost track. It's in nine hours. Yeah, that's all. That's all. Episode eight. Um, but yeah, episode eight was good. Uh, really, all of it is good, with the exception. Well, actually, all of it is great, with the exception of episode seven, which was good. All right, back to what you were saying about Bob. Um, yeah, he's great. And he's, I, he's I, such I, a. Mm-hmm. They know how to balance characters very, very. Very well. Yeah, they do. And I think that's such a, um, yeah, it's just it's such a an interesting. They they know how to they know how how to make how to give characters their foils that will either bring them out as as like an antagonist or as, as a protagonist. Like like Bob is a great foil to Joyce. Um, yeah, because he's so he's so understanding of reality, but also accepting of the possibility of new things. Like. Like he is like Joyce is this like character who's seen been through so much, especially with season one. She's so hard for somebody else other than like Hopper or, or anybody else who has experienced that to understand. And then we come in with this character that is so not that that yeah. he, but he's also so supportive. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was great, and I also think uh, what his character did this season that I thought was really important, just story wise, is he added stakes. Once you know we saw him go we knew that you know other like other than in stories where no one dies it's like whatever it's this monster probably wasn't too bad to deal with in the beginning but in this case bob you know shows us how serious this issue is uh you know when he gets eaten and snacked on by a bunch of demodogs that was such a sad scene oh it was, it, it, it was tough, uh, tough to watch because he he's such a lovable character, and even like in the beginning, if you think he's a little bit annoying, he just grows on you, and it's just it's so nice, just kind of melts your heart like a cheese ball would. Uh, it's so sad. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, but like even past just Bob, like. Like Max added a really interesting um, foil to, to like, um, all of to both Lucas and Dustin and her disbelief and yeah. stuff. Billy is an incredible foil to Steve because seriously, Steve, who is basically looking at a a more violent version of himself from the first season in the face and having to, he already had to face himself inwards and um and defeat that to become a better character. Now he has to face himself outwards and i don't think yeah. that i don't think that's over definitely not and i could even see an arc where uh billy could potentially not necessarily become a good guy but you know i i hope he doesn't just because they already did that with steve i, I hope he's like maybe an ant not like a good guy but like he isn't as just flat out evil as he was yeah because i mean right now there's i guess in every season to some extent they're gonna have to introduce some of the characters to the upside down that haven't experienced it before. And I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see Steve or not Steve to see Billy, you know, kind of come to terms with all the ridiculousness of the upside down. Um, And I think in that he could kind of become like a, I don't know if an antihero is the right word, Um, but maybe, you know, he gets into like a fight with Steve and, I don't know, I think just the, the, the dynamics, I mean, I don't want to write season three of Stranger Things for the Duffer Brothers, but, you know, it, the stuff they can get into with, you know, Billy 
kind of his world being completely shaken or even going more into like his you know backstory like with his parents and you know i, I kind of wish they did a little bit more uh just with that family dynamic i would love to see um but yeah you go ahead what would you I would, love to see i would love to see i think i think a fun place to take the next season would be to uh, get some sort of ha- introduce a older love interest and then have this like this like back and forth between like or this like uh steve in, in the same sense that this time we had um uh lucas and um dustin competing for a character's interest mm-hmm. but have that again but with an old one because steve and billy have such a different dynamic than lucas and dustin that it would be such a cool thing to see so it wouldn't uh, feel too it wouldn't feel stale because you know we've seen that kind of style i mean I, I think they already are kind of doing that but instead of for you know a love interest it's i guess for being king of the school because like in the beginning of the steven of the, the season steve was uh you know kind of the man the big man on campus and then billy came with his fancy car and mullet and mustache and he kind of took over to some extent uh and i think yeah and i i that kind of played out and i i have no doubt that story is going to we're going to get a little bit more in depth with that story and with you know the dynamics between them and their parents and all that um so it'll, it'll be interesting to see uh what happens with that but uh i'll i'll, let, I'll leave that up for the duffer brothers to to be i'm excited to see what they write next yeah, me too. They said they're going four. They said they're going four seasons, which makes me sad because I'd lo- love to see this. Like, imagine this boyhood style where we see them grow up over the course, and then like by the like Str- Stranger Things season like nine, there's like uh, there's like they're they're adults now. I th- I think I kind of agree with the Duffer Brothers. I think. Uh, yeah, getting this. Uh, it, 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 I mean. I, I think it, it should have an ending, and I think getting these kids when they're older, there's just, I don't know, they already have, like, the high school or, like, late teenage stuff covered with, you know, Steve, Nancy, Jonathan. I think just the childhoodness, that's a word, of uh, of, of the boys and, you know, all of that stuff is just not necessarily more interesting, but if they're trying to capture this nostalgia type feeling of people, you know, thinking back to their childhoods, having kids is the perfect, um, I guess, substitute. And yeah, you know, and I, and I honestly, I don't really care what happens when they're, you know, old teenagers. I just, I, I, I want to see them. And of course we can see them grow up a little bit. And I think one of the best parts about Eleven's arc this year was even though she was kind of isolated from everyone else, she kind of became a normal teenager where she was throwing tantrums because she couldn't do what she wanted to do. And that, I, I, I thought that was really clever how they handled it. Um, but I think getting into like how the stranger kids are looking at colleges. And I don't think that's just, I don't think that's very interesting personally. I'm, but. I mean, I'm oh, okay. We, we got, there's one thing we got to talk about. Okay. The uh, and because we've both seen beyond Stranger Things, yes. to talk about they always come back to one thing. That's the, isn't that the that's the snowball, right? Yeah, the dance at the end. That's 
that scene, I wanted that scene to keep going on and on. I Everything about that was great. I agree. I did think that the scene was great. I thought that, I mean, I, but I, I, again, you know, I, I think if they made it longer, I don't know what they could have added to it that would have made it yeah. better. Well, no, I wanted, I wanted to, I don't think I was that, I, that, I agree with you, there isn't really much yeah, they just, added to it to make it better. Just, like, just to like live in that moment of, you know, yeah. what these characters are going through. I agree. The scene was really well done. Uh, there was, you know, I was happy. I was sad. It, it, it hit all of uh, the emotional uh, notes yeah. that I had to. Um, you know, with Mike and Eleven, you know, meeting, and we can f- we finally see Eleven like as a real girl. That uh, that was so great. Yeah. Uh, you know, with Max and uh, Lucas, thought that was great. Uh, with you know, e- even Will with some random girl that was there. Good yeah. For him. Get it, Will? Because Will's, Will's Will's like an adorable little kid. Yeah. Of course, of course, he'll be fine. And then. Dustin. Dustin gets. Dustin was. That's so great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it was, you know, just seeing him walking around, you know, get, you know, one, you know, not like seeing Max with uh, Lucas and, you know, seeing his heartbreak over that, but then him going to like picking himself up and going to like another group of girls and then being rejected again and then being rejected again. It's just. It was sad, but then, you know, Nancy came in, saved the day, made everyone jealous, uh, and it'll be fine. Hopefully. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's what they, they leave you on, is that he's going to be okay in the end. Mm-hmm. That he's a, he's a good kid with a good head on his shoulders. Yeah. And, you know, also, we've talked about this. I see myself as Dustin, and if Dustin can't find a date, you know, what's what's life like for me? I mean... Uh, I'm sure you'll be fine, Errol. Yeah, I know. But like Dustin's a more charismatic version of me and, and loves nougat. And you know what what girl doesn't love a guy who loves nougat? Well, you gotta find your Steve Harrington. That's true. That's true. I need I need someone to tell me to use Farrah Fawcett hairspray. Um you know, to make myself look Incompetence. Inco- of course. Yeah, I, 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 I won't tell anyone else about this secret product. That being said, those two items and i guess more so uh the nougat and the three musketeers uh that is what i like to consider a shameless plug three musketeers uh and mars i'm sure walked up to the duffer brothers like hey if you're going to use candy because it's halloween you should use three musketeers paid them a pretty penny they got prime real estate in this season and you know what i'm a huge fan of uh you know, shameless plugs, especially because I have two other podcasts, uh, On Set with Errol Koenig <laughs> and Popcorn Confessionals, which are both available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play if you want to check those out. Um, but I digress. Uh, yeah. Also, I, I, I love may, Shameless may Tears. I, may, may I uh, make my own shameless plug? Oh, yes. Plug plug away. Uh, I... I, we're currently weekly, possibly bi-weekly. We have a radio uh, – me and two other guys have this radio show called Animatronic Dinosaurs. It's a general movie talk show. We, uh, it's every Sunday at 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. That time changes. You can find us um, 
believe you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash animatronic dinosaurs. Um, and if not, you can also find us. Yeah. Facebook.com slash animatronic dinosaurs. That's where we get all, all of our posts and everything. Um, and if not, um, all of our previous episodes are on www.wjrh.org slash animatronic dash dinosaurs. Yeah. So definitely check that out. I'll include a link in the description so people can find it. Uh, yeah, it, it, Errol, it is, it is a pretty good uh, talk show, especially uh, when I get to uh, come on and give my thoughts, which I've done twice. Uh, one, once on purpose, another time unexpectedly. Um, so you're welcome for that. Uh, for my the, the emoji movie emoji talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's the phone lines are so terrible on our at our thing, and we. Um, how how did you get the phone line, by the way? Oh, that's a very good question. Uh, I was just looking on the website because, you know, I saw you had your show and I was like, I, I might as well, just, you know, check it out. I was listening to it and just going around the website and I clicked, um, I think, contact us or about and there was a phone number. I don't think it had like a description. Honestly, I forget. And I was like, I wonder if this is the number to call in on the show. So, <laughs> so I called it rung twice. I was like, hmm, no one's picking up. Whatever. I'll just hang up. I hang up. Like five seconds later, I'm listening, and I hear the phone ring. <laughs> On your show, I was like, oh, my God. Was that me? And then I then proceed to, like, you know what? Now that I know that this is a real thing, I'm just going to keep this in my back pocket for when I really need to use it. And then, like, five minutes later, I was like, they mentioned – that the emoji movie is trash. And I was like, you know what? Let's take this out of my back pocket. Let's use it. I called in. Uh, Errol, the emoji movie is trash. It is not trash. It is a work of art uh, that has all of the emotions you could ever imagine and hand signals in animals and. Oh my God. All right. So I think we should probably get back to stranger things. Uh, do you have any, I guess, final thoughts about season two or any yeah, other thoughts that we haven't gotten to it just makes me so sad we're gonna have to wait so long for more of this i know um well you wanted to talk a little bit about the horror references throughout it because oh, this yeah. one's halloween themed halloween and so there's there's a ton i mean obviously the ghostbusters one that's a pretty obvious one but like it mm-hmm. works so well because at that like ghostbusters came out in 84 and like it's it was so uh, applicable to everybody, like especially kids, especially those kids. Like those are the kids yeah. that love Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, then uh, there's there's a uh, one where um Max shows up and pulls off is wearing a dresses Michael Myers for Halloween. That's uh, I got, I, I Michael got Myers that. I, I got that reference. Halloween. Yeah. Um, beyond that, there's not really any. There's a as there might be a Night of the Living Dead reference in there. There somewhere. I think I remember. Um, I remember somebody in the movie watching it. Um, but a lot of, I mean, in terms of theme, the best, the closest horror movie to this is mm-hmm. it. Like the Stephen King's It hmm. is. I mean, actually, there's this really interesting thing that the Duffer Brothers were originally were like originally were really interested and like sought out to to direct the 27 this year's It. Like that's what they wanted to do, and then really? the studio said, "We want somebody who's more experienced." Sorry, and so their response was, "Well, we'll make our own version of it." 
And uh, I mean, that's Stranger Things is in terms really? of yeah, in terms of wider storytelling, Stranger Things is probably better. I find it hilarious that mm-hmm. Finn Wolfhard's in both of them. And yeah, I mean, it's it's only every. I mean, that's the, the parallels between that and Stranger Things are so fun because like they both use child actors. They're both set in the '80s. They're both like, um, I mean, well, actually, the original it, the book, is set in the '50s. Or at least that the child part of it is, yeah. but uh, then they both just managed to get great casts of really young actors. I mean, I can't. I I really hope. I'd love to see Jade Lieberher, who is um, who starred in it, like appear in Stranger Things, just because him and Finn Wolfhard together on screen has so much chemistry, and I'd love to see what he does, what he would do with like all the other actors there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I... every. You go ahead. And so you just get every big name child actor in Stranger Things. Yeah, just get them all. And it'll become the children of the Stranger Things. Get it? It's a horror reference. What's wait? Like children ch- ch- of the corn. Children of it's a thing. Children of the corn. Yeah, yeah that's a scary movie, <laughs> uh, that's right? A, that's a deep cut. Oh yeah, I've seen yeah. Children of the Corn. Oh yeah. I, I, I've I, not I, seen Children of the Corn. Six six six. I mean, I did not know that was a thing. There's like eight of them. Hmm. Good to know. I'm never going to watch them, but it's good to know. Honestly, you'd be surprised. I bet you you could go get through a Children of the Corn just because it's not scary. I don't know. The thing is, for scary stuff, I can deal with it if they're like a really strong story and like characters, you know, I can get behind to watch. Because like for Stranger Things, there were times when I had, I, I, I watched it on my computer. The computer was at one end of my bed. I was at the other end of my bed using my <laughs> pillow as a shield, like half covering my eyes so I can get through some of those scenes. Uh, you know, like when, well, uh, actually like, that's, I think mm-hmm. that's a pretty interesting t- thing to talk about with this season is that this season, first season was so much more sci-fi horror. Like it's very, it was very, um, it was very, very like there's this monster and it's the, the Demogorgon yeah. because it's human sized felt so much scarier. Whereas I think this season the the horror aspect was downplayed a lot and replaced with so much more like good tension, like not in a bad way. Like the horror aspect isn't yeah. gone in a bad way. It's just it's they replace it with like very very modern thriller aspects. Yeah, I, I agree. And, I mean, I think the one thing that this season was missing was flickering lights. Yes, I mean the, flickering lights. Because I think after this, I was able to sleep fine. But after watching season one, like for about a week, whenever I saw a light turn on or off, there was like a half a second where I was like, what? And then I, I went on with my life. But like it was, you know, I, I, I had to get through some of those things. With this season, that definitely wasn't there as much. There were still parts that freaked me out. Um, you know, you know, it's like when, when Hopper Which, was, was in the cave and I'm like, Hopper, don't, that's a bad idea. Don't, oh, don't do that. Yeah. And that that's also might, might be a little bit more, you know, thrillery uh, type. Tension-y, I think. You Tension-y. say about Bob being chased by the demodogs and um, even that final sequence. The final sequence in that cage was so awesome. Yeah, that this being said, so that one, I agree. And I think they had a bigger budget so they could go ahead and try to get that, you know, more cinematic 
look and feel, and I think they definitely pulled it off. Um, but yeah, that being said, that the the last scene uh, in this season when they're in the cage and Eleven's, you know, screaming and pointing as she does, uh, <laughs> for some reason I you know that one it kind of felt like I didn't really care that the demo dogs were there. They you know yeah I, they they seemed like nothing. I was more afraid. I, I was more um, interested with the. Like, is the is the mind flare going to break out or not? Yeah, and you know, I, I think because the Duffer Brothers do view uh, each, I guess, season as like a movie. Each has to has it has to have an end, and I think if they left it as open as they could have, and you know, have Eleven be beaten by the you know mind flare, I think two things: one we would have been a little bit too confused fans would have been a little bit would have been a little bit outraged and two if 11 gets taken down it's too much like last season yeah i mean last season you knew she wasn't staying dead yeah actually that that was actually my biggest problem with the season uh how quickly she got back to the regular side up oh really why yeah, it was just that that last scene at the end of last year was really powerful when like she took down the the demogorgon and like she had to go you know away with it too and whatever happened because of that and she was in the upside down it's like I was thinking well what happened so many things you know like she like she was sacrificing herself and the fact that she was able to just walk out five minutes later kind of took away some of the emotional weight of that ending scene from the first season that being said it it, what that segued into with her and hopper became one of the strong points but i think just that quick turnaround and love i think that's something that this season really i think the the biggest part i think about this season is that um this season could have uh i think could have benefited from an extra episode or two really I, yeah, what, I think that, what, I think what would they have done in the extra episode or two? Because I don't know if I agree. I think that if they pushed push this to maybe eleven, I mean, if we if we had started with, um, uh, I there was times at which I felt okay. Also, this is a funny story. We were watching it. This is like uh, three in the morning. And we're mm-hmm. watching it, and it's episode eight. And me and my friend Gabby we were watching it. We were under the impression that. There is only eight episodes, and yeah. so the episode episode eight ends with like there's eleven. We thought that was the end of the se- season, and we freaked out for like five oh. seconds, and then saw the uh, then saw the next episode starting in three seconds thing. Yeah, I had but, that realization luckily like two episodes before that. I think it was um, after episode six. Like, well, how are they gonna close all this stuff up? Yeah, in especially when you hit episode episodes. seven and it's an entire tangent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I think uh, I don't know if I would have added more. Uh, you know, if, if anything, you know, it, it, if there was something to add, they probably could have added it to episode seven um, and not dwelled so much on the 11 and 8 storyline. Um but 
I don't know. Also, fun fact, there's an eight, which means there's also a one, a two, a three, a four, a five, a six, a seven, a nine, uh, a ten. I don't, I don't know how much I like that. I just did not like eight as a character. Uh, I thought she was fine. And I did appreciate when she said boom right before she made the bridge fall. And because the, <laughs> the, like, that's something I would do. I would, you know, just at least to myself, give myself a little extra awesomeness points. Um, I was I was hoping that so we get that opening scene. It's such an insane opening scene. I was really hoping that eight would become an antagonist to eleven. Huh, that's interesting. I, mean, I she, thought that she she kind of did I in that, that's like, some smaller happened. sense, but. No, you're right. I mean, that's part of the whole mismanaged nature of episode seven, I think. Yeah, and I, I you know, and I, I think, you know, just the character of episode, or the character of uh, eight could have been handled a little bit better because she was the first thing we saw this season. It's like, oh, this is a cool new character that also has powers like Eleven. That's awesome. What's going to happen with her? And then we don't see her for six episodes. And she's in one episode and never talked about again. Exactly. Well, I think they mention her in episode eight or nine. But, like, you're right. She, she just, like, one episode. That one scene's in there just so episode seven can mean something. Yeah. Well, I don't even think you really need it. Because, like, you see you see eleven, young Eleven and one other, and then one other older girl together in that, that one flashback. And I think that alone would have been a really interesting situation you're right that being said uh i still thought it was kind of cool seeing that first scene i don't think that that first scene took away anything uh from the show if anything it made that scene later it's like oh this is going to be cool because we already have some reference for how awesome it can be uh I guess and, maybe if I was going to add another episode, I would have added a little more extra setup for eight to make eight seem, make it less like eight comes out of literally nowhere because they the cliff six ends the crazy cliffhanger and then we don't hear see about six until episode eight. Yeah. Oh, fun fact about episode six, which might be one of the reasons why I love it. Um, I am a self-proclaimed Pixar nerd, Pixar freak. I love Pixar so much. Guess who directed episode six? The guy was the Pixar creator, Andrew Stin. He's the person that created Finding Nemo. Uh, you know, he Finding Dory. Uh, like just up and down. Yes, Finding Nemo's great. I mean, also he was like a writer on Toy Story. He's he's been involved with everything. Yeah, yeah. Pixar, like all those, you know, throughout all, those Pixar all people of people do something together. Exactly, and like I'm, I'm pretty sure what happened is like he saw season one was like this is awesome. Hey Duffer Brothers, can I come help on season two? He helped on season two, and I think, you know, it, it, it worked. Because uh, one of the things that Pixar excels on is, like, having, you know, this this heart and these characters that work really well. And I think Stranger Things also hit that. Um, so I'm I, just, I enjoyed it. I'm excited for season three. I hope it comes faster than last year. I remember the Super Bowl. They mm-hmm. say, and they say, coming this next Halloween as a... No, I want them to take as much time as they need. Uh, Obviously, yeah, because like I, I think if they rush it, we might be. Or I don't think we'll be in trouble because I, I I trust in the Duffer Brothers. I they know what they're doing, but uh, if 
We'll get Darn. Riverdale. We'll get Riverdale season two. That's a whole different conversation. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, wait, was there an episode on Wednesday? I completely forgot to watch if there was. I believe there was, and I watched oh. it. Was it good? Uh, that show's getting a little cheesy already. I mean, I, it, it, it already I lived in cheese. cheese. Yeah. It's getting really cheesy, though. That's true. That is true. And they're killing off a couple too many characters. All right, but whatever. Uh, let's. And, and now, now we're just coming up with other things to talk about. Um, but yeah, uh, any other final final thoughts for Stranger Things before we wrap this baby up? Not really. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for talking with me. I really appreciate having someone who loves Stranger Things as much as I do, uh, and you know can talk about it. Uh, you know, I'm so, glad. I, I'm glad I, you had me on. I, thank you for having me on. I'm glad I could finally talk spoilers to somebody. I know, right? Um, but yeah, do you want to uh, plug, so nice. uh, w- w- want to plug your dinosaurs? Uh, uh, I actually have two things to plug. Yeah, I have two I, things plug to plug. Away. Um, uh, yes. Um, Facebook.com slash animatronic dinosaurs. Um, stay uh, up for that. And then actually, my um, I have an ongoing YouTube channel. And uh, it's where oh, I post yeah. all my, my professional work. Um, mm-hmm. um, there, I'm currently in in the last week of production on a short um, a short film I'm working on called Find My Friend. Uh, it's slated to be released uh, this December. Um, Just currently, I mean, if uh, there's a tra- there's a trailer up, and trailer. you can, can find it if you look if. If you search "Find My Friend" trailer on YouTube, it should be the first thing that pops up. Also, we will include so, a yeah. link so you can find it easily. Yeah, take a take a look at that trailer. I'd love to just get it out to people. I want to see what see people get people people's reaction. Get some hype building around this this uh, film because I'm really excited to. This is what I'm gonna hopefully take to film festivals in uh, the spring. Nice, nice. Uh, and then I guess I'm gonna do my usual shameless plugs, uh, <laughs> as stated before. Uh, popcorn confessionals uh we just released our, great great uh, show se- second episode today being friday i think i'm probably going to release this episode tomorrow which is saturday uh but our second episode we talk all about the lizzie mcguire movie uh with special guest <laughs> dax uh is a good, one. It's oh, a good dax. one so if you're a fan of uh our first episode uh that we talked about the cheetah girls you should definitely check this one out but if you haven't listened to the first one you should listen to that too. They're both great. Um, so check those out. And then also Onset with Errol Koenig. Um, I have a whole bunch of uh, interviews uh, from, you know, since I started the podcast, all about the entertainment industry and the people that work uh, within it. So check those out, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. And then for this uh, podcast, uh, Caught Monologuing, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, uh, rate it, uh, five stars or better leave a nice review um, and if you do leave a review uh, as usual we will read it on this podcast um, I don't think we got <laughs> any new ones uh, this week but again anything you put in a review either Ryan or I most likely me are forced to read it uh, for your enjoyment um, so yeah uh, make sure to leave a, a nice review on iTunes SoundCloud or Google Play I'll just have uh, to do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Thank you so much, Allie. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.